This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from One Trust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the One Trust team for their support. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Michael, I have a question for you. Okay. What is product love? Product love. Well, we did just do an entire episode on products people love last season, right? That's true. And actually, even though we may not have completely defined what product love is, I bet it's shown through that episode. So do you have an actual definition of product love? Well... Eric Boduck does. Now, he's one of the co-founders of Pendo, and he actually talks a lot about product love. Ah, well, I mean, that makes sense, right? He hosts another podcast called Product Love, right? So what's, what's his definition? Well, that's what we're going to dig into in this interview today. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. In season four of Rocketship, we are diving into everything product and growth. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We're your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. 
So Eric's take on product love. Yes. Well, I pretty much started my conversation with Eric on that very question. Here's what he had to say. There's an emotional attachment between certain people and certain products, and that that's the state of product love, right? I, I think of my early one of my early interactions with Amazon. Uh, now we're talking like mid '90s, maybe early '90s, uh, probably mid '90s, and I was buying some books, and it was like right after college, and I think I still had an old address there, right? So no idea where these books got shipped. Call Amazon. I'm like, Hey, I think I shipped my books to an old address by accident. You know, I just want to reorder these things again. And I'm, frankly, I think I probably did it through chat or something. I don't know. But the great thing about that was Amazon's reaction was like, Oh yeah, don't worry about it. We'll just resend these books to you. And I was like, well, you don't really have to do that. It's my fault. And they're like, no, 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 we'll take care of it. You know, I don't know if they got shipped back to Amazon, you know, so they're like all cool with it. But you know, it created this huge amount of goodwill between myself and the Amazon brand, like right away, right in the early stages. And that goodwill has persisted through, you know, some little issues that I've had with Amazon since then. Right. So that emotional connection I had in this case, you know, more gratitude and overall just surprise at being treated really well by a vendor. Right. When I, if anyone did something, Thing wrong and someone did it was me by not updating an address right and shipping it to the wrong spot so i think this emotional connection is really the difference between just products that are there and you know products that people end up loving and it doesn't have to be that same emotional connection be something different like you know when i talk to people about tesla cars their tesla cars you know i get that same kind of emotion there's a pride and a sense of ownership and there's a genuine love i i hear from everybody on on that car platform which is just amazing it, it's Great. Every company, every car company should aspire to that. The only other thing I've ever heard from someone that's spoken in the same way that Tesla customers speak is a guy who owned a Ferrari. <laughs> you know, he was like, love it. Well, you know, it was just raving about it. And between Tesla and Ferrari, that's about it. And I've only talked to one Ferrari guy, so there could be more than that that, uh, you know, have issues with it. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it's this, this emotional connection between products and brands and customers. It really makes uh, a lot of sense, right? When we love a product, it usually has very little to do with the features and the benefits. It's more about the emotional connection. Um, and I, I like that he refers to that. Uh, it, it's much stronger than anything that would be seen on a spec sheet. A hundred percent. Of course, it doesn't mean you shouldn't focus on bu building a solid product. No, but that's really the very bare minimum. The experience that's the delighter. And Eric actually goes on about this a little bit here. Products made very well, you know, should be table stakes and is table stakes in a lot of industries. So I think it becomes this whole product experience. Uh, how well do you teach customers how to use your products? You know, how well do they accomplish tasks? How easy is it to use? You know, do they not get frustrated, you know, trying to do what they need to do with your product? I mean, I was trying to book a an airline ticket the other day went through this whole process, you know, which isn't a horrible process. It's, it's probably suboptimal, but it's not horrible. And I got all the way to the end where I was going to pay and I went to pay and they're like, oh, sorry, this is an old version of our app. You now need to, you know, re-download the new version. And of course you start over and I'm in an Uber, right? Heading to the airport, trying to flip, switch a flight. And I'm like, oh, this experience is just miserable. So then, you know, I call the airline company. I figure there's no way I'm going to download the new version of the app in the Uber as I'm driving. So I have to call. I have to talk to somebody. I have to go through that process. And, you know, I'm already kind of irritated because I've spent, you know, five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes or whatever, you know, trying to book this flight to begin with. So, you know, there's experiences like that that create these negative emotions. Uh, 
in this case, it had something to do with the product, but it could be just about anything. It could be how you're treated by customer service. It could be, you know, a lack of follow-up. Uh, it could be lots of different things that, that have a, a negative impact. So I think it's essential that people think about, you know, product is the whole experience. It's how your interactions are during the sales process. It's, it's how your interactions are when you have to get support. It's, it's every little thing. And the more you can kind of have these cool amazing things that just make people feel good. Like in the Amazon case where they just ship me new books, you know, the more you're going to build that brand affinity and, uh, and eventually that love for the brand or the. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Now back to the show product. What's interesting is that if, if products we love are more about the overall experience as product people, we may be able to capture some inspiration from other products, whether or not they're actually similar to what we're building. Yeah, actually, I think you're onto something with that, especially with those delighters and the way that we make our customers feel. So Eric touched on this. Yeah, he actually gave some examples of all different kinds of products and what specifically about those products that he tries to capture some inspiration from for his work at Pendo. Design forward thinking, you know, look at, you know, your phone, which is kind of your computer that's always in your pocket, right? Having a great user experience, being able to get things done easily and quickly is very important. I, you know, I'm a... Not to jump farther into Amazon, but I have a bunch of Alexas around the house. Uh, awesome experience. Keeps adding more and more actions, things I can do with it, right? Gives me my weather every morning, gives me my calendar, uh, brings me up to date on some of the areas of news, plays music for me, integrates with my Sonos system, which is another product I really like just because of its ease of use. Uh, along with, you know, just great sound, uh, couple that with, you know, my aspirational like car, right. Would love to get a, a Tesla someday. I don't have one today, <laughs> but I'm, I'm like pulled into that too, just by the enthusiasm their customers have, you know, there's four or five people I know that have Teslas and they just love their cars and they're so enthusiastic about them. It's just awesome. It's contagious, you know? Uh, so I, I think having those Having those brand ambassadors is just amazing. Having products that are super easy to use that, you know, help get uh, jobs that you need to get done, done and get them done in a way that's pleasing to you is awesome. Uh, those are some common things, I think, you know, looking at how they're designed, the user experience, the aesthetics, beauty of the product, and then just the overall experience, like how easy it is, it, is it to pick up and learn a product if it's a business software product? Uh, how easy is it to adjust to new features? Um, how well does it help me get my jobs done every day? Now, what I think is interesting about Eric is that he co-founded Pendo, which is a company that serves product people. Yes. And think about the pressure you have when your product serves product people. Yeah. The, the bar is very, very high. Well, you got to be really good in order to impress. So true. But I think Eric and the team at Pendo know this. And at least from what Eric and I talked about, they actually embrace this. If we're saying that we're going to help people build products that their customers love, we better build a product that our customers love. And, and I think, you know, it comes down to not only does it work? You know, does it accomplish uh, or does it help our users accomplish their tasks, you know, quickly, easily, effectively? Um, but, you know, does it do all of our other touch points, you know, really work, right? We we have this maniacal focus on a customer, one of our core values. And I think that's important. Like, 
we do whatever we can to make our customers successful because it really comes down to people buy Pendo in order to do their jobs better. So we have to make sure we're helping them in any way we can do make their job better, make their life better make them happy. We put a lot of emphasis on user experience. We put a lot of emphasis on individual features that we think are going to help. We put a lot of resources, both people's time and our money into our customer success organization, which I think is just phenomenal. I mean, we have a super awesome customer success organization. Um, and I think all of those things are very, very important. And then we try to promote the brand. I mean, you see a lot of the Pendo Pink. We we try to pull our customers into who we are too, right? You know, we're we're part of their team. They're part of what makes our product and our co- our company successful. So there's there's definitely some some overlap. I guess that's a good way to put it. Well, I'm glad you and Eric had this chat. As product people, we sometimes are so focused on the nuts and bolts of what we're building. It's sometimes difficult to pause and think about the relationship and the emotional connection that our customer have with our product and what we can do to help strengthen those. Yeah, I'm glad we had the chat too. Um, And in fact, to finish it up, I asked Eric if there was something that product people, especially in the software world, I mean, most of the folks that are our listeners at Rocketship, you know, they're in software one way or the other. But I asked him, what should these type of people keep in the back of their mind? So what was Eric's final piece of advice? Well, I'll cut right to it. Specifically in the software space, one of the things that always pops to mind is, you know, we're in a world of SaaS Right. We're in a world of recurring revenues, these monthly subscriptions or even annual subscriptions. This the ease of switching is there for customers. So it's really important to put the resources to build these great product experiences, because if you don't, it's so easy for customers to just buy from someone else. Um, So that's one thing I always tell people who are building software, really concentrate on making your customers happy. It's way easier to keep a customer than to find a new one. So put resources into making sure that customers are happy. They'll be your brand ambassadors. They'll bring more customers. They'll grow. Uh, they'll spend more money with you. So, you know, there's there's definite ROI payback to building great product and great customer experiences. Again, some really good advice. We, we've always, we're always focused on finding new customers, but How do we keep the customers that we have? Yeah. And if we can help build emotional connections to our product, we might not even have to worry about that. So are you thinking about how you can put some of this to use? I'm thinking about how we can put some of this to use. I'm trying to think about how can we use this to, you know, help our rocket ship listeners. You mean like fall in love with us? Well, fall in love with rocket ship. (laughs) Well, we do have a pretty amazing new season coming up, right? July 10th, mark the calendars. We'll be telling lots of different product stories about product people, putting the listener right along different product teams at different stages. Who are all probably trying to get people to fall in love with their product, right? Yeah, and it all comes full circle. Yes, it most certainly does. 